Howdy, y'all. Zach Carell here, and I'm not on Yak Legion. I'm on the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast, baby. Yeah! Episode number one, man. I got Neil Farley here as my co-host, and we got Sean Stone, the man, man. He won the Rocky Fork Tournament for the Buckeye Trail. Guy's a hell of a fisherman. The man, the myth, the legend, buddy. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, pretty good, man. How's it going, Neil? Good, man. How are you? Oh, fantastic, man. I'm excited about this podcast. Here's our first official episode. Um, I don't even know where to begin, man. It's awesome. So we had a few questions for you, Sean. Uh, I know you don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, I know you won that last Rocky Fork tournament, man. Good job on that. Congratulations. Um, baby, we were wondering if you wanted to go into how you won the tournament. <laughs> So, uh, so basically the lake was up six inches and that's pretty rare for that lake. Um, we had like three inches of rain in the last three days leading into the tournament. Paint Creek was closed. That's why we moved to Rocky. Yeah. I knew the upper end was chocolate milk. I, I knew it was going to be nasty and I knew most of the anglers were going to be down on the other end by the islands where it was a lot clearer. Um, so I, in my head, I was like, I'm not playing bumper boats with bass boats and kayaks. I'm going to go fish in the mud and do when, what I'm confident in, uh, Three years ago, Skidmore, Sean Skidmore, showed me how to night fish for bass. Uh, he's a heck of an angler, too. I think he's leading Buckeye Kite Fishing Trail in the points oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he showed me how to throw a jig at night. And uh, fishing muddy water is very similar to fishing night fish. Uh, you get tight, They get tight to cover. You throw something dark that makes a lot of vibration, makes a lot of sound, pushes a lot of water, and you'll get reaction bites. So that, that was my game plan going into the tournament. Um, so I went up to the shallow end, started at six o'clock, caught two fish within 40 minutes. Uh, one was the 17 and three quarter and one was 15. So by seven o'clock I had two good fish mm-hmm. and for the next three hours, I chased my third fish. Uh, I was getting worried. I, I paddled probably two miles looking for that third fish. Um, end up getting like 11 and three quarter. What wasn't big enough. So I was coming out of this, this Creek arm and uh, I found some, some pieces of wood that usually, you know, they were, they weren't in the water. So I thought, well, I'll just throw a jig up there and we'll see what happens. So I throw a jig up there, 19 inch bass. I thought, what, wait a second. So these fish are way up on the bank on this wood where there's no weeds. I mean, it's a hard bottom because it's out of the water most of the time and uh, fish swirled on it 19. So the next piece of wood I come through, threw a jig up on it, fish swirled, boiled the water, 18 this point I'm sitting with a 19, 18 and 17 and three quarter. Like this is probably the best day of bass fishing I've ever had on this lake. Um, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So I know you live close to there too, don't you? Yeah. I live about 15 minutes from the lake, uh, t- maybe 20 if you drive slow enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. To, to end the story, at that point I thought, you know, there's a pretty good shot. I've got this thing one. Um, I, I couldn't beat that on a given day there if i fish 20 days 19 of the 20 wouldn't have that top three as, as my inches so uh at about 12 o'clock i went back to where i caught the first two fish and i ended up getting a 20 inch fish um nice. and, yeah so before one i had all my fish which um, one was your big bass of the day was it the late one or one of the early ones the very last bass i caught uh, was back to where we started in the day, back near the boat ramp. There was a bunch of pads, and the wind was ripping through these pads by this point. The wind had picked up a little bit in the daytime. So I threw the jig on the back side of these pads, and there was this one stick out there, and I, I pulled this jig up and over this stick, and 
I mean, the fish just boiled. I mean, it just ate the jig. I didn't even wait to feel it. I knew it had it in its mouth. So that, that, hook. that was your big fish and the big fish of the tournament, right? Yeah, so that fish was worth $210. I That last fish beat JM Store, and he, I think he had a 19 and a quarter, which is a big fish for that lake. Mm. So, yeah. Turned out it was $600 to, in total for that that tournament. That's good, man. That's awesome. Uh, what kind you of don't fish? like bass fishing? <laughs> no, if I had my choice, I would not be on a lake uh, playing bumper boats with bass boats. Uh, I would rather be on a creek fishing for smallmouth or, you know, even drum or carp or gar. I mean, if I had to list, you know, all of my species in order from preference to least preferred, uh, bass would be at the bottom. It, it would be down there by, by perch. That breaks my heart to hear. That's like a cuss word. <laughs> saying bass at the bottom <laughs> that's kind of a, i think that speaks to an evolution though for you too i think at one point uh that list may have been flip-flopped around too because i know you enjoyed bass fishing for largemouth quite a bit in the early kayak fishing days and then uh um you really you got a kick out of finding big fish and then also uh, obviously you had mentioned night fishing with skidmore and i know i had went out on a couple trips of those with you guys too um I know that evolution kind of took place, and then I think maybe, and this is just me kind of hinting at it, maybe you kind of got bored with it, and you kind of saw all these other species, and kind of the, the list kind of flip-flopped on it on itself. Well, there, there was, I, I grew up fishing for carp and catfish, so I had the multi-species background, fishing for crappie and stuff like that. Um, 20, I think this trail started in, what, 2012, something like that, and I come to the first yeah. event, and, you know, I helped out a little bit with the trail, and 20, 2013, 2014, Jeff Bennett was on a tear. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with him. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know where that guy is now, but, um, and then 20, you just told me a minute ago that he called you asking for info about Rocky because he have, had a bass boat tournament. Have you seen him in a kayak lately? Cause I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, he, he got over kayaks pretty quick, but 2015 was my year. That's when I started doing really well. And I got into the tournament scene. Uh, I won like the first three events or first two events. And I got into the BKFT. I fished every single event. Um, well, not, not all of them. Some of them were like five-hour drives. I didn't do that. But I was competitive. Um, but I burnt myself out. It's not that I got bored with largemouth. It was just I forced myself to go to every event, rain or shine, uh, good lake or bad lake. It didn't matter. And it, it got to the point where I was like, man, you know what? I could be on a creek. I could be throwing top water for smallmouth right now. Um, that would be more enjoyable than throwing this three inch sissy stick Ned rig to catch a limit of bass. And that it's, it's just not enjoyable for me. And, uh, I've found some friends this year that made fishing more enjoyable, chasing giant musky and, uh, bow fin. I'm sure you've seen that. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty tough. cool. And I, I think too, I think you, you, like you had mentioned, you dove in really deep, uh, in the deep end of the pool, uh, with large mouth. Uh, those few years uh, back where you were doing the uh, Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail online events, the, the Memorial Day and Labor Day, and give people an idea, because I know <laughs> how many hours in those four days were you putting on the water? Yeah, if it was a four-day event, I was on the water all four days. I was fishing 12 to 14 hours a day. Some some nights I was even fishing into two to three in the morning trying to get a night bass, which are typically bigger than what you could catch in the day. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of uh, complaints that, you know, that I can't I can't compete against somebody who fishes 50 hours. You know, I can only go out and fish two days. And, and this one guy who's 
already a decent bass angler is on his honey holes is what they were calling it um fishing 60 70 hours in in four days and it uh and you've noticed I, i've slowed down uh, yeah because those those long weekend tournaments like that i mean that'll burn you out quick uh in the first few years that bkft kicked off i, I was doing that too and <laughs> then of course you, you have a kid and all that stuff that uh comes along with that and real life and all that and those hours start to dwindle <laughs> and you know you kind of look back and it's like man i don't i don't even know if i could do that anymore those four days that many hours uh, of course i was fishing with you a lot back then and uh, my drives to to your spots were you know a good two hours hour and a half anyway uh, and then driving back at two or three, four in the morning for another hour and a half. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. The burnout uh, piece of that um, and how you can get burnout on the largemouth and then, you know, start looking for those multi-species. And, and I know the Yak Ohio's have been kind of a big deal to you uh, as you obviously fish it, but uh, you also are part of the committee with BKFT that really kind of steers the the yak ohio's and the multi-species and all that and I, I think people might be interested in hearing from you and what you think about that and where do you think that's going to go and take off to well um where, where it'll go i i hope i mean this year was kind of a determining uh year for yak ohio's it was kind of on the chopping block at the winter committee we didn't really know what we do as far as prizes would go um I said people aren't going to pay $10 to, to enter this tournament to get their money. So um, I was surprised to see what 70 some anglers we got this year, which is, I mean, I think I think it shocked everybody. Uh, but yeah, I think it topped out at 80 maybe. Okay. Yeah. So my, my goal next year would be to get some of the more competitive guys, the guys who go out and target everything. I mean, obviously John Prock and I are, were, 150 inches above third place um but i've got some friends that would that would destroy even john and i i mean but they're in canoes and you know i'm not tournament fishing uh that's their excuse anyway but I, I, my goal is to pull in some of those guys i know there's there's a guy up on here wait is it wade nichols um i think yeah. he used to do yak wars um john proc and him fished together a couple times if we could get him on board that would be even more competitive i just want to see it more competitive i want to see you know, guys putting up 21 inch small mouth. I want to see, you know, 22 inch large mouth, 50 inch gar. I, I want to see those numbers. And I, I want it, I want it to force me to go out and do things I wouldn't normally do to, in order to compete with those guys up there. Um, That's kind so. of an interesting take because when I first started that uh, Yak Ohio back in, like you had mentioned, 2012, my initial thought was that obviously it wasn't going to be nowhere near as big as Fish Ohio or anything like that. That was kind of the thought and what kind of gave the idea to start the, the Yak Ohio's was it Fish Ohio, um, where you get a pin for a qualifying species. Um, that was kind of the, the thing that kickstarted that whole idea and, and what you're talking about. That'd be really cool if we can get some of them guys to participate. And I know you've got a couple of ideas that we'll, we'll hold off until maybe another show for Yak Ohio's next year. Um, I just checked on participation. 86 anglers signed up this year. And we were hoping to get 30. <laughs> so um, nice, pretty big nice, participation nice. this year. Awesome. So back to the bass fishing, the Rocky Fork, what was you throwing that day? Like, did you catch them all on the jig or did you throw something else? Well, I had a jig, a Whopper Plopper, and in black. I think it was actually, it may have been a Berkeley Chapo in black. I was experimenting with that off-brand. 
and then a big swim bait. Um, basically, muddy water, you want a lot of vibration, you want a lot of sound, and you want to move a lot of water. Um, I caught two fish on the black and blue jig. Uh, it was a, uh, it's this jig right here. I don't, am I in frame? But uh, it's a Buckeye Lures mop jig. It's got two, two. Uh, it's called a double barrel rattle. Um, I don't know if you can hear that or not. And then I had that paired with a uh, Berkeley power bait, Crazy Leg Chigger okay. Crawl. Um, so in combination, these claws, they flap when you rip it really hard. Yeah. Um, when you do that, you can actually hear these, uh, these rattles in the water, much like you would a, uh, a rattle trap. You know how, when you're in a boat throwing a rattle trap, yeah. you, you yank it, you can hear the, it's like your kayak's a, a speaker for that. Um, you can actually hear these rattles every time you rip this bait. And that's what I threw most of the day r real tight to wood. Um, wow. So they were right on structure. Yeah, right, right on. Well, yeah, you know, that kind of reminds me of the blind old lady walking into walking walking into a dark room, right? Uh, what's the first thing you do when you walk into a dark room? You start putting your hand on the wall and you start trying to feel your way around your room, trying to get to your refrigerator for something to eat. But uh, that's the same thing fish do in that muddy water. You know, when they can't hardly see, they 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 stick to something they can they can touch. Kind of like that old lady trying to get her sandwich in the middle of the night. She's got to put her hand on the wall. And that's something I've learned a lot this spring fishing was uh, the muddy water. Man, you want to be right on structure, right on wood, grass, concrete, rocks, all of it, man. That's that's some good information there. Um, that's awesome, man. I know you're a big musky fisher too, man. I saw you on Facebook with, gee, my knees. <laughs> I'm just a huge, huge muskie. You ought to check him out. Sean Stone on Facebook, man. Uh, that's awesome. How do you catch them big things? And do, Can you pull one of them suckers on a kayak? Or are they too big for the kayak? Oh, no. The kayak, you can catch them. I, got, I was fortunate enough to know the right people. Uh, I sent out a message a couple of years ago to a guy. And I was like, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fish for muskie. His name's Lou. He's a... Uh, he he's used to be a fly guide for Mad River Outfitters, and he doesn't need the affirmation. I don't have to mention his name. He doesn't care. If you look him up on Facebook, you're not going to see anything. The only thing you're going to see is where I've tagged him in posts. Um, but yeah, he's just one of these guys, man. He's he's got a knack. Like he's he's really smart. And he learns things. But I reached out to him and I was like, hey man, I'm going to try to fish for muskie. If you're willing to help, I, I'm willing to take in any information. And he called me and gave me like a two hour phone call. And like, I was like pen and pad taking notes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he, he put me on it. He told me, you know, throw, throw these baits, you know, fish this time of year. And so that's what I did. And, um, up to the big one that you saw on Facebook, which was 49, I, my biggest was 39. Um, I fished most of the winter and kept it pretty quiet. Um, I threw a lot of this. This is a, uh, Kitech eight inch fat impact swing uh, shad, or I think it's called rainbow trout, but uh, it's on a 10 knot owner beast hook. And then I've, I've rigged a, a treble hook on a uh, spro swivel. Uh, I threw that all through the winter and it did pretty well, but the, uh, the big muskie actually come on a, a super shad wrap. Um, but yeah, I was in a kayak. I was standing. You, you've got to see these fish. You've got to see, you've got to have polarized glasses on. You've got to be able to see down in the water, see what you're casting at. And these fish will follow. They'll, they'll come off the bank and they'll follow your bait 30 yards. And if you're sitting down in a kayak and you don't have that vantage point, you'll pull your bait out of the water and it'll just, the water will explode and you'll go, well, there, there was a muskie right there. I just didn't see it. So actually the 49, I, I did a pretty good write up on Facebook, um, where I was actually standing in the kayak. I threw it over this log and 
the bait rolled off the log and I saw the giant shadow come up behind the bait and I took the fish into a figure eight and I was standing the whole time and halfway through the figure eight, he just ate it. Uh, it just right place, right time. Very, very fortunate to have caught that fish. Uh, 49 inches, not quite the 50 inch mark, the fish of the lifetime mark, but uh, I've still got room to improve. I'll, uh, I'll get one bigger eventually. Another chance to go out and catch it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what kind of kayak are you on? I actually have three three boats. I use two. Uh, my primary boat is a Jackson Mayfly, um, super stable boat, but it is heavy. Let me tell you, had I known it was that heavy, I probably wouldn't have bought it. I think they rate it for like 80 pounds. Uh, I've got a friend who's got a big rig that's rated for like 85, 86 pounds. And I'm telling you, the Jackson Mayfly feels 20 pounds heavier than the big rig. It that was, is a, that was a fly fishing rig, wasn't yeah, it? Originally yeah. intended for fly fishing. And the reason I bought it, super clean uh, platform. Like there's nothing in between your legs. You've just got this little foot peg. You can slide forward and, and backwards, uh, the seat slides. And for flathead fishing and stuff like that, I like the open bow concept. Back to your question, my other boats are a native watercraft Slayer 12. I actually bought from Neil's family years ago, Whitewater Warehouse in Dayton. Um, and then a lure 10 in pink camo also from Whitewater Warehouse. And <laughs> that, that's not my boat. You, you can tell that. But, uh, I have Speaking been on, of that, what, what's Amanda been up to? Has she been fishing lately? Uh, she, she got it a lot into work. Uh, she's a lot of on-call time, so she doesn't get to fish as much. Uh, she got her first muskie this spring. I think she only went out twice for muskie. And that, that made Russ kind of mad because Russ has been out maybe a dozen times. And uh, I think he finally got one there at the end and, and hasn't been back since. For anyone who doesn't know Sean, um, his uh, girlfriend uh, has been uh, to a lot of the different BKFT events, and she really got into kayak fishing a few years back, and um, she's put some sizable fish on the board, uh, including uh, a memorable one there, Kaiser. How, how long was the one at Kaiser? 21? No, it was, it was 22. It took big bass, but I think that was back when we were mouth open. So you could actually like pinch the lip and slide it to the end of the board. I was going to say 21 and three quarters, but it, yeah, it may have been the 22. Um, I know it was a monster and I, you know why it sticks out so much is because that was the year I know you and Skidmore were night fishing quite a bit throughout the year. And I joined you a couple of those trips and uh, you guys were a little miffed. I think that she went to Kaiser and caught one in the middle of the day, sun up. Uh, 22 inches that beat all the fish that you guys had caught night fishing. So that was kind of one that sticks in my mind. I know she was also really good at fishing for crappie and, and all that good stuff too. Smallmouth. I know she caught some really nice smallmouth with you guys on the river. And so just so that everybody knows, um, it's kind of in, in that household. <laughs> they both <laughs> are fish and they're both pretty good. So what started you out kayak fishing? What was your first kayak and why did you get into it in the first place? <laughs> Uh, okay, so OGF, this was Ohio Game Fishing. It's a forum way back. I mean, I haven't been on there since probably 2012. But a group, group of five guys were, were on there posting that they were going to hold kayak fishing tournaments. And it was, oh, uh, Neil, you may have to help me out. Neil, Chase Bateson, Travis Belcher, uh, Larry. Larry Haynes. And was Aaron on board? Aaron Salvador, yeah. I think Aaron was part of that group too. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I've missed anybody. Uh, but yeah, it was a group of five guys that were posting it and I was like, all right, yeah, I I'm going to buy a kayak and I'm going to go and I'm going to do these <laughs> things because it sounds fun. Good group of guys. They were sharing stuff on, on the forums. 
So I, I think I went to Bass Pro Shops and I, I end up buying a Malibu X13, which is a terrible boat for this area. <laughs> like it would be great if you were in Florida or something fishing surf because it's like 28 inches wide, 13 foot long. Um, it had a bunch oh, of dry wow. ashes and stuff like that. Amanda got like an Ascend FS12 or something like that. And they were good for a season. Uh, it just, they weren't what we wanted. I, I don't want to bash them, but at the time they weren't the best boats the the hauls weren't the strongest so but they got you out on the water didn't they 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 did they did and it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun in those boats uh, i fell out of my malibu several times before i realized that that, that keel in the back's not made to be in a creek <laughs> hey man we've learned through through experiences you know um that's great how long have you been fishing oh since I was three, uh, as, as the story goes, in my car seat at a pond, uh, you know, casting a little red and white bob or little channel cat or something like that. But, yeah, I've been fishing. I'm 30 now, so that's 27 years. I've been blogging and been on forums since 2011. If you do some research, you can find some old blog posts that I've wrote. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, I remember you on uh, Ohio Game Fishing. I was Turtle Jugger on there, and then I changed my, my name later to Snapper Trapper. Uh, okay. I like to catch snapping turtles. You ever do any of that? Uh, I never got into the, the, the turtle scene, but uh, I know yeah. a couple of lakes that we catch trophy largemouth at that I may send you that way. All right, man. Send them, I'll send them me. 50 pounds, man. These <laughs> things are giants. Yeah, I caught a big mama jamba, big mama jamba last year. I know last, the summer before last, and man, it was forty some pounds. I mean, I put this to I put this turtle in the tote, and the tote bulged out. She was so big. Oh, it was awesome. But uh, but anyway, I know you do a little bit of carp fishing. I've seen you online doing some carp fishing. Go and use all the Euro gear. Like you get real into it. Yeah, see, I've been very fortunate with friends who've took time to show me things. Uh, one friend was Jetson Bates. Uh, he's, he's passed now, but he, yeah. he kind of took me under his wing. He's like, you know what, don't don't buy into everything that's Euro, but, you know, get the equipment and I'll, I'll show you the bait and things. So we done that. I went down to Dale Hollow in Tennessee with him. And if you haven't seen Dale Hollow carp, they're, they're phenomenal. Mirror carp, fully scaled mirrors. They get massive, 35, 40 pounds. Um, we, Wait I a second. Out. Did you just say you went on a week trip to Dale Hollow to fish for carp? <laughs> more, more than once. <laughs> okay, I just check, I wanted to make sure my ears were working. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I've got the bite alarms, the uh, bait running, spinning reels, thirteen foot rods. I'm running a hair rig, bolt rig. I mean, you can Google all that stuff and figure it out. I'm using pack bait. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of fun doing that. We uh, target fish before spawn, so usually April, May here in Southern Ohio. Um, and you'll get big fish. Uh, my biggest is 36 pounds out of Rocky Fork Lake. I'm not afraid to to uh, post that. Um, uh, it was a mirror cart. It used to be my profile picture before the uh, muskie on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I have a lot of fun. I mean, you can catch three, four hundred pound of fish per day. I mean, I don't know any other fishing that you can do that. I mean, mm. 20 pound fish is common. So is the the Van Do or Van Doe's, uh <laughs> Uh, no baits are those still the way to go sometimes or no? No, no, we we, oh, we do okay. field corn. We actually buy flavored field corn. We, we will they they call it chumming. Uh, we'll toss in canned sweet corn and uh, cattle feed and sweet oat or oats. So we buy everything in bulk so it's cheap. But carp fishing isn't cheap in general. I may spend thirty bucks per trip on bait. Um, but like I said, 
uh, you can fish two or three days on that baited area and do really well. It's it's a lot of fun. It's relaxing. Something different. Uh, I do it maybe 15 times a year. Uh, yeah, nice man. So out of all the fish species you fish, what's your favorite? Oh man, that's you can't just throw that on somebody. <laughs> I bet he says musky today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this next big fish. <laughs> this this year. And most of last year has been musky. I want a musky kick. Unfortunately, the water temperatures are too warm right now to catch them. The mortality rate's too high. Um, you just you, you can't hook a fish, fight it, and land it. Expect it to swim off. I mean, they just they die. So I'm I'm off that till September. Uh, there's there's a possibility I'll accidentally hook one in the right stream. Um, but yeah, musky's there. Smallmouth is is top three. Um, flathead obviously because. They, they get massive and they fight hard. Um, some that would surprise you, freshwater drum. Um, mm-hmm. Freshwater drum will fight harder than just about anything that you could hook. I mean, yeah, you've, probably got, you've probably got stories where you're, you you hear people in the creek, I was throwing a Ned rig or I was throwing a jig and I hooked this fish and it, it about spooled me and it turned out to be a freshwater drum. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can sight fish those things in a lot of creeks down here and they get five, six pounds and on eight pound braid and a little Ned rig or some crawl imitation, they, they put up a heck of a fight. Um, so you uh, mentioned smallmouth. You do like smallmouth fishing a lot. Yeah. W- yeah. Whenever it, it's it's not a monsoon here in southern Ohio, we can actually get on the <laughs> creeks. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like throwing for the smallies? Uh, Whopper plopper 90 surprisingly i mean i throw top water when the whopper flopper come out i didn't buy into it for a couple of years i was like ah it's just a gimmick top water bait i can go out there and throw a buzz bait and catch just as many but that bait is phenomenal i mean it it's mm-hmm. all i want to throw they're um, awesome yeah but i mean it doesn't get you know what i like about that and i, I like fishing smallmouth for that too especially now that they came out with that i think it's the 90 size the smaller size 75 uh, to start. 75 okay yeah so what I like about that bait, especially in moving water, you throw a buzz bait, sometimes it's hard to get it up on that surface in the moving water. That uh, the, the whopper plopper, uh, it's on the surface. Uh, so it's a really cool moving water bait. You ain't got to worry about hurry up and get get that buzz bait up on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it, man. I've Farm ponds, lakes, rivers, I've caught fish everywhere on the whopper plopper. Um, so where are you throwing that whopper plopper at? Like you go, say you go, you arrive at the Creek. Like, what are you targeting with that whopper plopper? Okay. So if I, if I'm Creek fishing, one of our creeks down here, I've got three rods. I've got a spinner bait rod. I've got a, I hate to say this, but I've got a Ned tied on and I've got a whopper <laughs> plopper. <laughs> and the, 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 where the Ned shines in our creeks is the really really fast water i'm talking about the white water the stuff that you you don't want to go down in a kayak that you may drag around that Mm -hmm. ned rig will get to the bottom right now and it it doesn't get it doesn't catch water there's no resistance to that bait so it drags downstream so you can drop it behind a boulder in white water and it'll go straight to the bottom so that's where i use the ned rig it's only when i'm getting out and i'm fishing that really fast water whopper plopper is is after the the start of a hole after the water starts to calm and you start getting that the structure on your left or the cover on your left, the wood, the big rocks in moderate current. That's where the whopper plopper shines and spinner bait. Some days they just don't want top water. I don't know if it's post cold front conditions, but there's just certain days you'll throw top water and you just don't get bit and you think something's wrong and you'll go to that spinner bait and you, you'll start catching them. And it's just, I think some days they just don't want to come up and eat off top. They don't feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've got friends that would say, no, that's, that's not right. If you do the right top water, you catch them. But, 
<laughs> so now this time of year, we're, we're right here in the summer. I know this is a freaky year. We've had a lot of rain. Um, what would be your best tips for catching a smallmouth in the creek on a freaking hot day like today? Well, the creek temperature is actually still fairly cool for this time of year. It's We've only had three warm days, I think, all summer. Yeah, um, I, they've been today our, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, our, our water still chocolate milk here. So if I'm fishing for smallmouth, I'm throwing a jig. Something that, same, same principle as I did at Rocky. I may downsize it to maybe like a bitsy bug or, you know, a finesse jig with a smaller, like a TRD crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, something smaller profile like that, but still have rattles or something, uh, fish tight to the bank. These fish are going to be up in the water. willow. the water's falling. They're going to be on the banks and, uh, they're going, they're going to want something a little slower. You could still throw whopper popper and catch fish. If you do maybe, maybe go black. Uh, I think that fish see black a little better in muddy water. Yeah. Uh, other people will disagree. I mean, I've got friends that say, you know, shad don't change color. I mean, fish are eating bait fish. Those bait fish don't don't change color and the fish still eat them so um, just whatever you're confident in you throw that for me muddy water dark baits i gotcha i gotcha well is there anything other questions you wanted to add neil no i don't think so unless uh you want to talk about what uh i saw a post i think on your facebook feed the other day that uh it looks like you're getting into a, a new adventure that uh Maybe that Mayfly kayak will help you out. And you, you want to talk a little bit about how much money you drop there and, and how that's <laughs> going to go? Yeah, so uh, BKFT was the last event. The, the $600 paycheck, I had it spent before I got home. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I bought a fly rod. It, it's Like I said, I was very fortunate to uh, have met Lou and Lou's circle. And they're all like the credentials of the people that are in this circle are amazing. There, there's editors, there's guides. Um, and I'm very fortunate and they're all proficient with a fly rod. And every time I fish with these guys, they're out throwing fly rods. And let me jump in real quick before you finish that story. Um, a lot of people may or may not recognize that name Lou. And like you had said, he, he isn't out there trying to get a claim to fame or anything like that. Um, but I can tell you one thing, if you've, if you've ever fished moving water in Ohio, a decent amount, you've more than likely went past him or by him on that moving water. Um, I think I've been to the Mad River uh, hundreds of times in my life, and uh, I've run into him quite a few times up on that river. Um, he guided there for a long time, and I know, like Sean said, he does chase multi-species stuff all around the state. Um, but go, go ahead, Sean, and, and continue with that. But just wanted to throw that out there. Dude knows his fishing and moving water for sure. Yeah, there, there's there's few people who fish as much as me, but uh, he, he's up there. Um, but yeah, these guys are all proficient in the fly rod. I'm watching these guys. I, I fish out of a canoe with these guys. Um, canoes have their purpose, so we can get into that after the story if you want. Um, but yeah, these guys are throwing fly rods and they're having a blast. They may not be catching the biggest fish or throwing the baits that are the most exciting, but um, it, it's a challenge. And I think at this point in my life, I'm ready for the challenge. So I bought a fly rod. Um, I think it was spent $350. That's because that's what Scott, uh, Scott Leith, he's a guy I fish with quite a bit too. He's, he, he's the experienced outdoor rider. Um, he's like, you know, buy, the, buy this rod, buy this reel, buy this fly line. And then he's like, you know, go to this website, look up how to tie a leader. So that's, that's what I did. And 
and I've got it all set. I went out on the uh, Slayer 12 the other day because I had some other people with me that weren't as experienced in kayaks. So I let one of them get in the Mayfly, which is a lot more stable. So I was in the Slayer 12, which is a little tippy, throwing the fly rod around. I didn't catch anything, but I had fun. Um, so, that, yeah, that's that's a new chapter in my book. So with that said, and we know all these different species you fish for, what uh, what direction you plan on going with this fly fishing? Multi-species? you going to start out one particular species first, or where are you going with that? I really doubt I'll target largemouth on the fly, but uh, <laughs> smallmouths, I, I live three minutes from Ohio Brush Creek. There's a couple branches of Ohio Brush Creek that hold good smallmouth. I can kill a couple hours after work with a fly rod. I can wade. Um, so smallmouths are high on the list. Uh, panfish, bluegill, um, and, and surprisingly drum. I, I want to I sight <laughs> fish some drum on a fly rod. catch carp on the fly rod. That's true, but you know, I, I don't do real well sight fishing. I just don't have the knack for it. Um, I've tried floating bread, you know, just tossing a bunch of bread out and wait till it's surface feed. And I just, I, I don't know if I don't have the patience for it or just the areas that I'm fishing aren't real con- conducive to topwater fishing cart. But uh, yeah, I could, I could definitely see myself trying to do that. But uh, that's, that's an expensive way to lose a lot of line and learn mm-hmm. a lesson because uh, fly line, I think the fly line I bought was Rio smallmouth line. It's $80 a spool. And I hook yeah. a 20 pound carp on a fly rod. There goes a hundred dollars. Yeah. I had bought a fly rod years ago. And I think it was a Fenwick and um, yeah, I'm thinking it was but anyway, I took it down to Tennessee, down to Gatlinburg and uh, we caught a few trout with it, but then I came back from that trip and uh, I put I still put it in storage. I never used it again. So maybe I need to dust that sucker out and go out and do do some fly fishing, man. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Clear water, small oh. streams. It seems to be a blast. Uh, oh. We went, we spent some time in Kentucky fishing for for various things, and they were just hammering smallmouth on fly rods, and it, it looked like a blast. Hell yeah. That's great. So do you, uh, one question I usually ask all my guests on my other show, and I'll probably ask every guest on here, what's your craziest fishing story? Uh, I've got a bunch. Uh, (laughs) I'll go to my fishing buddy. I haven't mentioned Russ enough. I fish with Russ a lot. We've got a lot of dumb things. He's got a lot of bad luck. (laughs) He's the unluckiest, and I could sit here all night and tell you stories on Russ. He's the unluckiest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, well, at Rocky, he fished pretty pretty well close to me doing the same thing. We went over the game plan the night before. We were doing the same exact thing, and I don't think he placed. I, he didn't get three fish, and I had a dozen fish in my top. I think my third, fourth, and fifth fish would have still won the tournament that day, and he, he didn't do well. But back to the story. So the first time I met Russ, we, we were flathead fishing. Russ is a huge flathead guy, um, and he, he, he lives on some good flathead waters. like, hey, man, won't you come out in your kayaks? Granted, at this time I'm still I'm still in these boats that aren't made for rivers. I'm in the Malibu, the the X13, and he's like, "Come on out, we'll flathead fish. We'll drop live baits and some log jams and do things like this." Mm. I'm like, "Sure, man, no problem. Sounds like a blast." So show up five six o'clock, and we're sitting on some of the deeper holes, fishing for flathead in deep deep water, and night falls. And I think, man, I've never run a river in the night. I've never been on this river at night. There are strainers on this river. There's white water on this river. So we're all out here in headlamps and I'm with Russ. He's like, oh man, I know this river like the back of my hand. 30 minutes later, he's sideways in white water going, this wasn't here before. I'm like, here we go. But yeah, that was my first run in with Russ and probably the scariest 
story, the scariest I've scaredest I've ever been on a kayak. But now we do things like that all the time. We're experienced enough to know that, you know, closer to the banks, a little bit safer. Uh, we, we have spotlights now and we're not running these little itty bitty headlamps. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's Russ. He, he's he's taught me not to fear things in life. And I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing or bad. I'm tell. Awesome. That, that's my scariest. I've got I've got other stories. I, I in a tournament with Neil, we were fishing an online tournament, fishing a small creek that has largemouth below a lake that I fish. Um, I was on a 13 foot tall mill dam. I had just happened to look over the mill dam. It was dry. There wasn't any water going over the mill dam. Looked over in a little pocket of water, and there's like six foot of water, and I see something. I'm like, that cart? And I had one of those jigs tied on. I pitched it down there, and it thumped it. And I set the hook, 21 and a half inch largemouth. I pulled it all the way up this mill dam. I, it may have lost a few scales. But yeah, it, I think it ended up helping me get second or first in that online tournament. But that's another scale, or another, another wild story. But yeah, I could sit here all day. But yeah, wow. 13. Every time I go to that mill dam, I think, man, there's. I don't know how I pulled that fish up that dam, but a 50 pound braid, heavy flipping stick, and a jig, strong hook. Uh. That's awesome. I saw on Facebook you uh, you caught catching bowfin. You want to go into that story quick? Yeah. So again, same guys that uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet. Um, those guys are like, "Hey, man, creeks are blown out. I'm off Tuesday. You want to go try for carp and bowfin in swamps of southern Ohio?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do want to go do that." <laughs> so I sent Russ a text. I was like, hey, if you're off, we're all going to go down and do this. It sounds crazy, but there's nothing else we can do, nothing better. So we all went down there, and we, we sat on a spot. I did the typical, you know, bait, put rods out over top of your bait and wait for carp. Uh, no bubbles, no fish showing. Um, <laughs> the funniest thing, it's I, I don't know if I'll be able to tell this story the right way, but funniest thing, Russ and I were sitting under a sport umbrella, which is this giant umbrella that shades you basically. And we're sitting there. We've got our rods out for carp. And this little kid, 14 years old, comes sh- strolling by and kicks one of our rods and goes, oh, oh, it makes sound. Never mind. And then Russ just starts staring at me. And I can see him out of the corner of my eye just staring at me, not making any sound. And then I see the kid walk in front of the, the sport rail. And he's got a bow on one shoulder and a rod on the other. And I think, oh, this guy's a bow fisherman. I'll just I'll leave him alone not say anything. He's like, you guys see any carp? I'm like, hmm. And Russ goes, no, no, we haven't seen any carp, but that's what we're fishing for. And he takes about three more steps, turns around, looks at us like we're stupid, and goes, really? <laughs> and just walks off. Russ loses it. Like, he, he's just, he's like, this kid's my hero, because um, Russ is an odd character. Um, so he walks down toward the dam, toward uh, where, where Lou and Scott are fishing with this bow. Um, yeah, he goes down there and shoots a bow fin in front of those guys after he catches it on rod and reel. Uh, it's just... I know both fish and Cleveland in Ohio. I'm a carp guy. I don't like seeing people just shoot stuff to shoot stuff. Um, maybe yeah. the kid ate it. Maybe didn't. But uh, yeah, it, it, I was just disappointed, I guess. Uh, I didn't say anything. I'm not the person to be confrontational and try to change somebody's mind. But uh, later in the evening, we were taking cut bluegill. We were catching bluegill on those fly rods. Again, reason I got into fly rods, catching bluegill on fly rods cutting them up, putting them out for bowfin. Um, lake's just absolutely full of bowfin. And if you do a little bit of Google research, you can find half a dozen lakes in Ohio that have bowfin. And chances are, if you talk to a bass guy, he'll tell you he's caught bowfin and he kill every one of them because that seems to be the thing for bowfin. 
um, yeah, we cut bluegill and floats seem to be the ticket, but they'll hit topwater frogs and uh, chigger crawls and jigs and things like that. Uh, biggest fish that day was 27 inches, I think, and probably would have been in the six to seven pound range. And they do get they get 12 12 pounds or better. Um, but yeah, I think I missed fish Ohio bowfin by a quarter of an inch. Uh, oh. I think I caught six boats on that day, but they're awesome fish. I mean, you yeah. when you Pretty hook scary. these things, yeah, they are. They're, they're awesome. dinosaurs. <laughs> they, they fight so hard. I mean, we we don't know a lot about them. I mean, even Lou, who's, who's as close to a professional fisherman as you could be, he, he didn't really know how they ate or how we should set the hook. You know, so it was all a learning curve. I mean, I was swinging for the fences. I had 50-pound braid. I was I actually pulled fish out of the water up onto the bank without hooking them. If that tells you how hard I was swinging. Um, he's like, dude, maybe you don't have to swing that hard. And I was putting float up in the trees and stuff, but eventually we got support. We were hooking them uh, fairly, fairly uh, regularly. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So, so I had a question for you, Sean. <clears throat> so Buckeye kayak fishing trail, buddy bass event coming this weekend. Yeah. I know you said you're talking about joining in and doing it. <laughs> What's yep. the deal? Yeah, I, as of right now, uh, my partner, Russ, so he's, he's tired of watching me catch largemouth. He's like, I'm not, there's no way you couldn't <laughs> make me do it. Um, and, well, he only has to get one. You get four, he gets one. There's your five. Yeah. We live by Cowan and I'm just not real confident. Cowan can compete with, uh, specifically one other lake on that list. I think there's one lake that I favor more than the others. And, uh, I, I suspect your top three groups will come from one lake. Um, and there are people who are far more proficient at Cowan that if they sign up, I haven't looked. Um, I've yeah, been... I know what you're talking about, and that's what I'm scared about. Is the, I know some people that know that lake inside and out, and uh, I'm not going there, but I do know uh, if I see some names pop up on the Tourney X list, uh, they're going to be ones to watch on, on Cowan for sure. And the same thing goes back to what I've been saying. I, I don't enjoy fishing for largemouth as much as I would say go sight fish some gar in a lower pool on Ohio Brush Creek or, you know, fish for smallmouth bass because this may be the first week that we really get low, clear water leading yeah. into this weekend. Um, so, so then, okay, if you're not going to do that, two weeks from, to, uh, from today or yesterday, I should say, Raccoon Creek, uh, yeah. the kind of puddle jumper deal. What's your deal with that? You going to join in on that one? Um, if I can get uh, some some camping op opportunities, I think I'll go out. I enjoy the camping and the social aspect of these events far more than I do the fishing aspect. I, I enjoyed last time at Rocky. I, I camped with Seth and we sat around, drank a few beers and had a good time and told a bunch of stories. We probably you know, made half of it up, but it was a good time. And uh, <laughs> if I can if I can do that, if I can get with the right people out at Raccoon Creek and uh, have an enjoyable time. I think I'll head that way. I don't expect fishing to be great. I don't know the area and I don't plan on pre-fishing the area, but um, like I said, if, if I can get out and camp and it sounds like that there may be some activities afterwards that uh, could draw some, some camping people. And, yeah. Uh, you're going to have some info on that later, Zach, on maybe the next one. You're going to drop some info about raccoon. Yes, sir. We're going to have more information about raccoon Creek. Uh, we're going to 
to have an episode right after the Buddy Bass tournament. We're going to talk to some guys that were in the Buddy Bass, maybe try to get the winners on here, and uh, we'll go into more detail. I know I've got a team for the Buddy Bass tournament, me and my co-host, Yak Legion, Chris Anderson, and uh, our team name is Two Fat Guys on Kayaks. (laughs) (laughs) Our team name is Franks from Mason, me and Logan. Oh, nice. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny stuff. neither of us are frank and neither of us from are from mason but there is somebody else on our trailer who's his name frank and no one knows that's his name and yeah. he is in mason <laughs> i know that guy i fished with that guy a couple times just a couple <laughs> that's awesome so i know uh, at the end of this month well we got east and west harbor tournament up there and that's a kbf affiliated right yeah, that's a KBF deal. Uh, where uh, I believe we're co-hosting it with another trail, but uh, KBF deal. Um, all the details. We don't really have anything up on our website for that event yet. It says uh, stay tuned. But they've already actually started registering, um, and we wouldn't register people through our website. You'd actually register through KBF, um, and you'll see more details on that posted up this week. Um, essentially, it's just going to tell our anglers who's used to fishing our trail events hey, this is what's different than our event, and this is what you're going to have to do to participate in the KBF event. And then we'll just have a direct link over to KBF and where you sign up for them. Um, But it is a part of our trail because we take the winners and the the trail points and all that stuff and apply it to uh, our point leader and all that good stuff. Awesome. Awesome, man. So there's a lot going on for the Buckeye Trail. And I know you can go on their Facebook and go on their website uh, and you can look up the the, uh, the list of tournaments. Um, you guys will have all kinds of stuff planned, like almost twice as many tournaments as you did last year. So the trail is doing nothing but growing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you coming on tonight, Sean. Uh, it was a lot of fun interviewing you. You're a smart guy, a very good fisherman. Um I got a lot of big things I'm looking forward to with Yak uh, with uh, the Buckeye Trail uh, podcast. Uh, hopefully, we get some more guests on. Maybe we'll see who wins the Buddy Bass before we decide on who we're going to have on next. But um, well, I appreciate y'all listening, and uh, y'all have a good evening. Thanks for listening to the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast. <laughs>